Hey everyone, today's a really important episode to listen right to the end. I'm talking to Anastasia Vladichenska from Kyiv, Ukraine. Before February 24th, Anastasia had a very successful consulting agency in Ukraine with national and international clients. She's a certified customer experience consultant, she's an adjunct professor, and a global speaker. But today she's in the EU with her car and two suitcases after having to flee her country after the Russian invasion. But she's doing amazing work in organizing a group of girlfriends who also had to flee the country and they're working to support one another. So today we're talking all about her life after leaving Ukraine and what we can do to help. Hey, Kate. Thanks so much for being with me today. I know it's a terrible time for you, but I really appreciate you coming on the Age Sister podcast. And I guess I just wanted to start out with hearing your story and what brought you to today. Yeah, so uh, there is a before and after story, I'd say, you know, before war and afterwards. So... um, before February 24th, I was a you know, very successful customer experience consultant with my own agency in Kiev, Ukraine. And, uh, but, you know, on February 24th, when everything started, I had to leave Ukraine. And now I am in Europe and um, I had 100, I think it's 120 girls now, my girlfriends who also have fled Ukraine with their kids. They're stranded here. And right now I'm, you know, I've switched to helping those girlfriends with their basic needs like accommodation, food, jobs, all of it. So yeah, that's about me now. I think a lot of people, especially, you know, over in uh, Canada where I'm located, um, we are wondering about what's going on for folks who have fled. What, what, does it look like in terms of day-to-day life? How are you thinking about the future and work and that sort of thing? Yeah, um, absolutely. So there are different psychological state of minds when you're fleeing and after you do. So before you flee, your biggest goal is just to get to a safe place, either by yourself or or with your kids. And so, you know, you're kind of, you have this energy to go through all the barriers because there's lots and lots of barriers. For example, one of my girlfriends was standing in line uh, for the Polish border for four days in a car, okay, four days with her kids. So you have, you know, those obstacles that you have to, um, to handle. But then after you, you pass the border and it hits everybody, all of my girlfriends and even myself, you start weeping right there because you're so scared. You know, you're now in a huge European Union. You have no idea where to go and no idea what's going to happen next. So then there are different scenarios. If you have friends like I do, then you would go and stay with friends. And of course, you you don't feel comfortable because you don't know for how long you can stay. And, you know, even though the friends, of course, everybody understands that, but you still have this like, you know, nagging feeling inside that I'm probably, you know, bothering somebody their their own regular life. 
Then for if you don't have anybody, you would stay in a refugee camp right on the border. It's, it's either in Poland or Hungary or any country like Romania. Okay. So um, you would stay there in a refugee camp. Um, but I'm not sure why, but they only let you stay there for 10 days. From one week to 10 days. Okay. So then you have to be looking to, for a place to live. So uh, my girlfriend's either come to me when they are thinking about leaving Ukraine and they don't know where to go at all, okay? Or after they are out from the refugee camp, so that, you know, then they need a semi-temporary, semi-permanent, I'm sorry, place to to stay. So they would contact me and then I, because I, because of my work, I have lots and lots of international contacts and so many people are willing to help. So what I do, I connect them with those people and then, you know, they go and they can stay in their places. But, um, yeah, but we're, and it's interesting because all of us are going through the same mentally. Like first you just want to be in the safe place. Now you're in the safe place and you're thinking, oh my goodness, what's next? Is this the country where I should stay or should I move or where will I work? Those 120 girls, they don't have any jobs now. So like their income is cut completely. Their husbands are in back in Ukraine. So they're here with kids. And, uh, and yeah, we were talking with them. We had a call several days ago. We can't have frequent calls because everybody's on the road or trying to find a job or, you know, busy with something else. So we had a call and I asked them, for those of you who, whose husbands are in Ukraine, how do you feel? And, I had that feeling that it would be like that for, for them because there are different women, right? Some women are very strong and they are used to doing everything by themselves, right? So for those women, that's the same situation, but they're in a different country. Now, there are other women who are used to their men, their husbands, taking care of them in everything, you know, and starting with the commentation, ending with kindergarten for the kids, Right or baby care. So for them, it's very hard. They, they were sharing that I've never thought there is so much to be done, you know, to provide for, for, for basic, basic living standard. So, um, yeah. And uh, the question of what's next uh, is really horrifying. So uh, we even have a, uh, have it banned in our group. We try not to ask that question. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, it comes up to you. And then when it comes, it just freezes you because the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's hard. Like I want, I won't say it's hard, but no, there's no, but it's, it is hard full stop, you know, period. And, um, nobody, nobody has a, you know, written out plan on what to do next. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the women who listen to this podcast, um, and there's also employers who listen to this podcast, if there was something that they could do um, to help, what would that look like? 
Yeah, and thank you for this question because that's what I've started doing. Um, I've contacted my friends in um, in the states and then other countries, and I asked them if you have any remote jobs for girls. Why remote? Because you know they need something to to have right now, and then they can look for something more stable in the future, right? But um, anything like virtual assistants, uh, digital marketing, websites. Um, my girlfriends are way more qualified than that because, you know, many of them used to be marketing directors, operational directors, HR directors. Uh, but right now they're ready to do whatever just to, you know, just to hold them up for some time. So, yes, if any of you listening have some, some you know, idea of a job for somebody super extra qualified, but they have to... <laughs> to be doing this starting job, then yes, please let me know. I understand just reading your LinkedIn profile that you're also raising some money by doing some sessions, some workshops, because you had a very busy career from the sounds of it prior to the war starting. Yeah, my calendar was has already been booked, like, you know, always booked, always booked. And um, so now it's also an interesting time for, for me when you look at those events in the calendar, which are not happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am a certified customer experience consultant. You know, I've studied in, in Ohio. Uh, then uh, I also studied in uh, Ritz-Carlton and Disney Institute, you know, you name it. Everything just to get myself into a professional position when I can help other companies, right? And I did help international brands, big, big brands. So right now, uh, why it all started with those webinars. People are asking, like you, you know, how can we help? And some were very straight, like, how can we donate? But um, me personally, I don't feel comfortable accepting donations. I don't know why. And I'm not trying to be judgmental of people who do please don't think this way. It's just me as a person. So uh, I decided that I would use my expertise and uh, would do those webinars in English, sharing everything I, you know, all the th secrets companies like Chris Carlton and, and Starbucks and Amazon are using to to keep their clients. So I decided I'm going to provide those. And then people come, I don't even have a set price for that webinar. It's, I mean, it's, it's, there's a $70 price tag on it, but you can go and manually change it. So, you know, if you want to pay $10, I don't, I don't care. That's okay. So, but, um, and then some people, it's funny, some people buy the webinars and don't even show up because it's their way to donate. But again, I know that I will send them the recording. <laughs> and so I feel better this way. I don't know if it makes sense, you know, but I feel better this way that I have provided something, okay? And that there is still value and I'm not just there, you know, poor girl asking for help. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the webinars look fantastic as well. So I'll definitely put those into the show notes um, and make sure that people have a link that they can go and sign up and join you or donate through the, the webinar link. Oh, thank you, Kate. That's very kind. You're so welcome, of course. Maybe you can tell me about, and this may be a difficult question to answer, but how is this war affecting women in maybe the not so obvious ways? Uh, so 
of course in millions of ways um but and again i can probably say from the perspective of a woman who is used to whose notion of safety is directly connected to what you're doing and who you are okay so what i mean by this is that you know i'm used to in my life i've always been used to you have to be working hard you have to be very well educated you have to be professional thus you know you will help more clients and you will earn money right so that's the the connection and so this was safety for me like i was always confident you know always strong <laughs> and my girlfriends i'd say 60% of them are the same so now you know i was also thinking that it's very easy to talk about feminism when there is no war when the war comes as a woman you just want to hide in your bed all covered up and you want to you want men to go there and protect you So yeah, thank you for this question. I was only thinking about this I think yesterday. How everything is back to how it used to be. And again, I myself am a very strong woman, you know. I believe that, you know, women can do whatever and they should be everywhere. So I am like that, okay? I do believe in women power and and all of it. And but here suddenly you become so weak. You know, you become so weak. You, 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 you just, you know, you, you're looking at your man saying, "I can do nothing. <laughs> I'm in a new country. I don't speak the language. I just want somebody, you know, to hug me and protect me from everything else." So, for for a strong woman, that's a very hard place to be when you cannot be independent anymore, where you cannot control things anymore. and you you know and that's we were sharing this with my girls they were like oh i feel the same i just want somebody you know to come pick me up and say you know you said here i'm going to do everything by myself <laughs> so so um yeah i don't think if i i was thinking maybe this is life you know trying to balance the women who have always thought of themselves they're very confident and But again that's sharing just my experience it might not resonate with somebody else and i completely respect that okay but that's how i've been feeling yes you're you're super weak and you're just looking at your man saying please do something so it's really more around the vulnerability i guess that you feel from the situation is that right yeah it is So um if people wanted to find out more about your work or about you um you know if they wanted to connect in terms of offering support or offering work where would they find you where's the best place to go The best place would be on Facebook cuz the group of the girls is on Facebook and that means that I'm 24/7 there okay um linkedin is also the, the the you know i check it constantly cuz lots of the times people would suggest um offer their jobs so you know i i have to use that i'm not so active on instagram or anything else so we'll make sure that definitely your facebook group and your linkedin profile if that's okay are in the show notes 
and people can reach out in in terms of support for both you and that group of women that you're supporting as well. So thank you for everything that you're doing. And thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kate, for doing this. I appreciate all the help. Seriously, I do. Thanks for listening to the Age Sister Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review the episode on your favorite podcast app. We'll also be posting the show notes and any other important information at www.cardeahealthconsulting.com.